0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Are you ready for some Monday night football? Well, if you are, you're in luck. You're going to get two games tonight because of COVID issues from the weekend. Of course we already knew that the Packers were going to be taking on the Atlanta Falcons, but who knew that the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots who looked so good in the first few weeks himself was going to test positive for COVID-19, so he is out. The Patriots do look like they are in flight and going to do a in and out in Kansas City tonight, which they are definitely up against it here taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. No doubt about that. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports today. And Joe, I know a lot of people were uh, certainly going to be prepared for a potential two Monday nights or a Tuesday night game, Uh, but this is the one dynamic of the season that once it happens, it's impossible to recover from, and that is losing the quarterback, which the Patriots have done here, and Cam Newton now is going to have to go through a 14-day quarantine unless they find that his positive test ends up becoming negative. But uh, simply put, the NFL uh, unable to uh, avoid – Uh, COVID-19, which is the key enemy here in 2020 for sure.
2: Yeah, and Sony Michelle's also going to be out for this game, not with COVID, just with an injury. Devontae Adams is going to be missing as well. So you're getting two Monday Night Football games, but you're missing a lot of Monday Night Football stars that would be in these games normally. So it's a big bummer. I was all set up. I had my chips and my dip, and I was ready to go. 4 p.m. Chiefs and Pats, I was ready to go. And then Saturday you get this news, and then I was just bummed out now Oh, Brian Hoyer, I will light a candle for you in church and hope for the best, but it certainly does not look good for the New England Patriots to go in there and uh, play the defending Super Bowl champions. That is for darn sure, and you could tell uh, that line moves uh, longer and longer away (laughs) from itself. But, hey, two Monday Night Games, I do enjoy that. You know I'm a big fan, so, hey, at least it was the best-case scenario that it was only Cam Newton and not a bunch of other tests, too, so at least they're able to get this game in there.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say it was the best case scenario. The best case scenario was anyone else outside of Cam Newton testing
2: <laughs> You're right. You know, I don't. I don't want to. Uh, you know, you're right. But yeah, I didn't want to say that. But yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, that's true. Losing the quarterback is is pretty much Well, the, I, don't the, wish, the, the I, I don't wish covid
2: is. on anybody, but you know, it's like I don't want to say, well, at least it was only a special teams guy. Well, you know, he's a human being. It's just you're right from a football standpoint. What happened to Jared Stidham coming. and all this talk
1: that he was going to be good? Uh, I don't what know, what bro. Happened?
2: I don't I you know, that was the other part of the story not. that nobody seems to be talking about. Where, where where's the Jared Stidham? He was going to be the guy, right? I all mean, right, what a smoke screen that was. Bill Belichick does it again to the rest of the league, right? Oh, no, yeah, we're fine with we'll going with Jared Stidham. Next thing you know, there's Cam Newton there without a chair, and now he's got a job. And now the Pats look like at least they're a contender in the East. There's no doubt about that. And they were probably going to, I would imagine, lose this game anyway. But still, you're you're down to Brian Hoyer now. So we'll see if Old Man Hoyer can pull a rabbit out of his hat. I doubt it, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, definitely up against it for sure. I don't know the last time a team flew in on the day of the game at all. I don't. I don't remember. Right? It has to happen. I thought that this should be happening all season with the NFL, but it it has to happen for tonight. And, and I don't know how a team performs getting off a plane playing in an NFL game. We're certainly going to see. I'll give a lot of credit to New England if they could keep this game even close tonight. Uh, all right, let's take a look at our headlines. That's one of the games tonight. The other one is the Packers and Falcons. As Joe mentioned, Devontae Adams is out. Both receivers for the Falcons are in. We'll see if that matters. Uh, Packers basically down to nothing at uh, at wide receiver at this stage. Astros taking on the A's in the ALDS in Game 1 at 4.05 Eastern. So that will be the first one. And then, of course, uh, the Garrett Cole show for the Yankees. We'll see how he does tonight against the Rays. That's 8.07 Eastern. I'll be locked into that for sure. Uh, boy, tough weekend in the top 25 for two big teams. Oklahoma just doesn't look like they did last year. That's for sure. And Central Florida losing to Tulsa at home. Yikes, out of the top 25, UCF took a big lead in that one. Tulsa came all the way back and won. And then, of course, the good news for the Titans is they have no positive tests today. So if they have no positive tests tomorrow, they can return to practice on Wednesday. But this is going to be a similar situation to Major League Baseball here, where Tennessee has got to kind of pick up the pieces at this point. Not so much with the coaches. But with the players, I believe it's somewhere between 8 and 10 players that are not going to be able to play for Tennessee. And again, all the names are not household names. There's a couple that everybody knows. But I would think that Tennessee uh, is going to be up against it. But I thought that about Miami and St. Louis, and both of those teams came out of that playing pretty well. So hopefully that happens for the Titans.
2: Yeah, we can only hope. So hopefully everyone's healthy. Hopefully we can get the season back on track. And this was inevitable. We all knew it was. And if I may, just real quick slide a baseball thing in here as we are hitting into the ALDS respectively. Um, You know, the Astros have a a decent matchup here. I think a very winnable matchup against the A's and certainly the Yankees are always uh, a formidable force. So here's a question for you. Do you think the Yankees want the Astros? Like, do you think they want them and want to play them? Or do you think they'd actually prefer to avoid them under the circumstances and play an A's team, which is probably not nearly as good as the Astros from a roster standpoint?
1: Yeah, I think that they would love to play Houston or the A's and get past the Rays. I, I mean, this is a tough <laughs> you're right, team that they you're right. got face here. Yeah, I, I don't right. know. Like, I, I think that they would just love to play anybody at this point. And, and and look, they're staying in the same hotel. I know that's been reported. The two teams don't like each other very much. That's been, of course, obvious over the last couple of years. Uh, for me personally, yeah. I mean, whoever, look, you think the A's don't want to take fight the Astros right now? I mean, considering that the guy on the other mm-hmm. side of, of of Oakland is Mike Fires, and he was the one that outed mm-hmm. everybody on Houston. Everybody wants to fight the Astros. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I love both of these series. I think they'll be very competitive, and again, tomorrow, Uh, the series that I'm waiting for gets started with Miami and Atlanta, and I'll be wrapped up in that. I can't believe no days off at all for these teams, so they're playing straight all the way through this week (laughs) with no days off to get through this. So uh, baseball, football, we've got it all going on. NBA Finals as well. Thought that was wrapped up. Maybe not. Maybe the heat's back in this thing too. We'll take a break on fantasy sports today. Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow coming out on top. How did they do it? We'll tell you next. Also, don't forget. You can follow us on Twitter at Craig Mitch with Joe Pizapia 17. Our second hour here of FST is off and running. Stay with us on the grid.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: And welcome back. It's fantasy sports today here on sports grid. If you want, you can watch our show on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I know a lot of you have never seen this show before, and this is the very first time that you're watching. So let me explain. I'm Craig Mish. Joe Pizzapia is my co-host here on the show. We talk fantasy for two hours every day from noon to 2 Eastern, and all of our shows are on demand as well. So you can go to SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Also go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to it and see all the things that we discuss here on the show. Lots of fantasy, some wagering as well, a little bit of fun, hijinks, and reality too. So make sure you catch us every day, noon to 2 Eastern. We are streaming live every single day right here on Sportsgrid and sportsgrid.com the cincinnati bengals finally broke through and all it took was the jaguars coming to town here a little bit but joe burrow looks like very much like kyler murray did the year before where it's taking some time he's starting to get his feet under him a little bit and yesterday came through with a 300 yard game also threw a touchdown pass did throw a pick there Clearly, Joe Mixon was the reason why the Bengals won, because he put his best game together maybe in two years. 25 carries, 151 rushing yards, two touchdowns for him, six receptions, uh, 30 yards receiving and a touchdown there. Tyler Boyd really had a nice season overall, seven Mm -hmm. receptions, 90 yards and then uh, t higgins the young uh, wide receiver really seems to be stepping up into that wide receiver two role as uh as a.j green appears to be uh, at least running out of time with the bengals maybe running out of time overall he's just a non-factor now four receptions 77 yards for him over on the jacksonville jaguar side gardner Minshew, 350 yards two touchdowns one interception if you started him it ended up being worth it James Robinson, a quiet game, was still fine, though. 17 carries, 75 yards, gave you 10, 15 fantasy points there. DJ Chark returned from injury at eight receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns for him. And LaVisca Chenault, it it, it honestly, he had five receptions, 86 yards. And and Joe, it it honestly seems like most of the rookie wide receivers have had a game or two of promise, whether it's been Mm -hmm. Chennault, whether it has been Jefferson or Higgins or CeeDee Lamb. I suppose the only one is, is unfortunately on the Jets, right? Mims is the one that I don't think that has done yeah. uh, very much at and the start Pittman's of the season. Minimum. But yeah, Pittman to Claypool. But but again, it, it's that's been a real positive for for people, mm-hmm. especially in dynasty leagues that drafted these players. And I know that it's a really important thing to grab a guy for now, and it's always the future with wide receivers. Is usually never year one, but some of these guys have been viable. And I think in particular, really a good signal from this game that Higgins is starting to come on and Chenault has been pretty solid.
2: No, absolutely. And uh, Chenault's been a surprise. Great to see DJ Shark get back and healthy in this game too. Two touchdowns for him. I'm a huge fan of DJ Shark, as you well know. And it was great to see him back on the field and finally starting to be the guy that we drafted. So that was a big sigh of relief across the board here. We were hoping to get him back last week. Obviously, it didn't work out. But DJ Shark this week, eight catches for 95 was huge. And Chenault's been terrific. Uh, T. Higgins is that stat line to not lose in this game because it wasn't as good as the week before but it was consistent. If you can get 11 or 10 fantasy points from full-point PPR from T Higgins on a weekly basis, well, guess what? He's in play because you add a touchdown there every so often. All of a sudden, that becomes a 16-point day, and that is a very good day. Joe Burrow also his first W as he tweeted after the game, winning feels good. That's right. Winning is good, Joe Burrow. And so is being the first rookie in the history of the NFL to throw for three straight 300-yard games. So let's not lose that insight as well as we're in uh, evaluating Joe Burrow's performance here in his rookie season, which, as you pointed out, it's getting better as it goes, which is really good. I think the Bengals are a team that is on the upswing, still have problems defensively. A great game from Joe Mixon. And why you would ever sit Joe Mixon, I don't know. That's just crazy talk. But good to see Higgins, good to see Chenault. And this was a year going into Dynasty Leagues where you could have thrown some darts because there were so many good young wide receivers. You could have faded that position a little bit in those first-year Dynasty drafts. And if you did so far, if you took shots on guys like Chenault, T. Higgins, maybe even a guy like Jefferson, all of a sudden, that looks pretty good right now.
1: How about AJ Green? You cutting him now in all the leagues? Or I what? think it's What's done.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, you know the data you hear. You have to succumb to a certain point where you look at the data and you say, okay, there's potential, and then you look at the results and the results don't match up. And I think the first three weeks where you look at twenty something targets for a guy and you watch the games, you see balls going through his hands or you see touchdowns getting called back or you see these moments where you, oh, it's so close, but then at a certain point you have to say, okay, it's not converting. And I think after a month into the season, it's a good enough time to say, yeah, it's not worked out. It was a great roll of the dice. Not every roll of the dice works out. Not everybody can be Kareem Hunt, but AJ Green right now, I think cutting him is tough. But I think if you're looking at a waiver wire in a a shallower league, why wouldn't you want Chenault going forward? Why wouldn't you want uh, maybe even Jefferson going forward? I mean, certainly feel better about starting even T Higgins, maybe than AJ Green. I can't believe we're here already but it just seems to be the facts and maybe A.J. Green will get moved on to another team. It would seem like that would not be the worst case scenario for the Bengals. I'm curious if you think a team would take a shot on a AJ Green potentially.
1: Yeah, again, a fifth round pick, sixth round pick uh, Mm -hmm. to a team that's good. Sure. I I don't, I mean, look, he may be viable somewhere else. It's just shocking that he's like a zero on, on a team that, you know, could really use him. Remember, Arizona had all those years where they weren't good and Fitzgerald was still pretty good. So, it yeah, it, it, it is surprising. It is surprising to but see Fitzgerald this a, always yeah. had
2: health. That's the one thing that AJ Green that that's eluded him in the last four years is health. You know, Larry Fitzgerald's been an absolute monster when it comes to playing every week. And that's just, that's just, I mean, uh, I, maybe he's a freak of nature. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the workouts, maybe whatever it is. But AJ Green's body hasn't held up the same way Larry Fitzgerald has. And that's, I think, the big difference maker there.
1: All right, let's go over to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 16 for 22, 260 yards and a touchdown. Good bounce back for him. Dalvin Cook had the monster game for the Minnesota Vikings on the ground. It was a great play uh, everywhere, including DFS. Unfortunately for me, my $5 was burned this week. didn't end up happening. I even played Cook. That's a shame. Adam Thielen, eight receptions, 114 yards and a touchdown. And then Jefferson, the young wide receiver, out of lsu uh certainly is playing better than i thought did not like him going into this year at all but he is the last two weeks have made me a believer for sure uh on the side of the houston texans uh deshaun watson i'm curious to to see how this is going to play out with him at the end of the season there's just nothing to talk about now with them you don't go 0 and four and make the playoffs so this is pretty much it for them uh david johnson volume again 16 carries 63 yards but that doesn't Really break a lot of tackles. Didn't look great. Two receptions, 29 yards for him. And Will Fuller had a great game. Could have even been better. I don't know that it was his fault. It was a tough ball to catch, and it hit the ground it at lost. the end. It was very close. Six for 108 and a touchdown for him. So, unfortunately for Houston, this is playing out exactly how – and it, it's really rare in sports for everybody to think one thing, and it plays out that way. It's almost never the case. And this year it did with Houston. They just, mm-hmm. they just don't look good. They look poorly coached. The, the, the personnel that they have doesn't match up. And look, Minnesota may not be going anywhere either, but if you're Watson at this point, I think you're going to be screaming pretty loud in the offseason. So I'm curious, really curious to see how maybe Houston, either they tear it all down or they help Watson very quickly. I don't know which way they're going to go here.
2: Well, look, they have an enormous payroll right now. And that is also with, mind you, not having first and second round picks next year. So that is not a good scenario to be in. You have a very high payroll, no draft picks early on, a big-time quarterback and not a whole else around him. And everyone's talking about that fuller play at the end of the game, which is fair, but I want to talk about more of the play right before that, which is the bobbled pitch to David Johnson that could have been basically a walk-in score had he not bobbled it and it moved them from where they were at the goal line back another five yards. And I think that was the backbreaker for me, that it put them in that scenario where, like, there it was. There was the moment. It was a simple pitch. He bobbles it. And he's not able to get into the end zone and now not only do you not have that but now you've moved back a few yards and look i think they did everything they can at the end of that game will fuller had a good game will Fuller's capable of having good games with deshaun watson as long as will fuller's hamstrings can hold out and his legs can hold out it's never been a case of talent it's always been a case of health but this texas seems in a bad spot look great win for the vikings Thielen was very good in this game cook is all world i won't take anything away from them because they definitely played in this game and deserved to win this game. They were tight here this whole time. Hopefully they can build on this, Minnesota Vikings fans. But the Texans, this is definitely the dire circumstance. And as far as David Johnson goes, like you said, it's volume. That's what he's about right now. There's no upside there. But I guess when you're looking for volume in the COVID football league right now, that's there's worse things you can have than that.
1: It's crazy two years ago if I would have said uh, A.J. Green and David Johnson both won't be viable in fantasy, and here we are. I mean, really, at, at, I mean, you have to play David Johnson because probably have no one else to play, but mm-hmm. certainly doesn't look great. All right, Antoine Staley joins us next. How about those Panthers Don't go away?
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports. Today as we continue to look back at week in the NFL and you know we've had Antoine Staley on a few times here on the show of course he covers the Carolina Panthers but honestly after a couple weeks ago I thought ah we'll check back with Antoine when the Panthers are 1-7 or 1-8 or something along those lines but man the Panthers not only put up a great fight against Arizona yesterday but they get the win too in a very convincing fashion and Antoine joins us now to talk about that game yesterday what he saw he covers them is on in all those meetings, and here's what the coaches have to say and the players, too. Antoine, thanks for coming on Fantasy Sports today again. It's good to see
3: you. It's good to be with you again, Craig.
1: So, so Antoine, uh, look, I mean, when we went into the season, you were pretty emphatic about that the Panthers' offense was going to be good. You were right, and it looks really good, even without Christian McCaffrey. But the surprising part for me, and, and look, the, uh, the Cardinals did shoot themselves in the foot a lot yesterday. I will say that. But the bottom line is, is that, Are we starting to talk about the Panthers as maybe a 500 or better team? No one had that at the beginning of the season.
3: Yeah, I think people was talking about this team tanking uh, for Trevor Lawrence or whatever the case may be. But uh, as we talked about, yeah, I thought their offense would be really, really good. I thought Teddy Bridgewater could throw upwards to about 30 touchdowns. Uh, I thought if Christian McCaffrey was healthy, he obviously he'd be a big addition. But Mike Davis has done a really good job uh, filling in these last two games, and end up having a really uh, scored another touchdown on Sunday, and really a contributor in the passing game. And Robbie Anderson, I, I think he's been the team's best receiver all year long, consistently. So and their offensive line really played really well on Sunday as well. So yeah, I think you factor those things in the Panthers, especially with the division that they're playing, and New Orleans isn't necessarily uh, running the way Tampa Bay's there, but. Um, um, they have an opportunity, and the Falcons are not necessarily doing very well either, but they have an opportunity to maybe sneak around the 500 mark and make it things really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, let, let's take a look at the fantasy standouts on the Panthers, and then we'll get Antoine's opinion on what happened with the Cardinals too, because he saw them play, as I did as well. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, two, uh, 26 out of 37, very efficient, 276 yards, Also had a couple of different uh, opportunities to run, and he did. Three touchdowns, one interception to Patrick Peterson. Mike Davis, 16 carries, 84 rushing yards, a touchdown. Also caught balls out of the backfield. Bonifun got involved a little bit as well. And as Antoine mentioned, Robbie Anderson, eight more catches for 99 yards. And Antoine, Robbie Anderson is like borderline top five receiver in the NFL, (laughs) Based on his stats this season, like, I mean, that that's one of the in fact, we did a show last week. That was my single biggest surprise of the 2020 season. I thought Robbie Anderson in fantasy could be a guy we would start. I didn't think he'd be a number one starter, and he's grading
3: out that way. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I thought he'd be a guy that will get you some touchdowns. Uh, he's a bit speed threat, but he's showing that he's above, he's it's bigger than that. He's showing that he can also catch the intermediate routes and uh, do other things in the passing game, something that he didn't do necessarily with the Jets. Uh, for the years that he was there. And now he comes up with Matt Rule, who recruited him out of Temple. And he's shown a lot of different ver- side of versatility um, in the Panthers' of offense and by far has been the best wide receiver this year. So I, I can imagine uh, he's probably a bit surprised for a lot of people that picked him up in fantasy. And if you did pick him up, then yeah, you're definitely uh, being the beneficiary area of his uh, labor right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, we all thought Moore was going to be the better guy, and he may end up being at the end of the year. Look, we're only four games in, but Antoine, our fantasy season is a lot shorter than the NFL season, for sure. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Real quick, before we get to the Cardinals here, Mike Davis, uh, you know, there are some folks popping off saying, you know, "Ah, maybe McCaffrey isn't that great, and look at the system, and look at Mike Davis. He's playing as well as Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I, I got to say, I still think McCaffrey is a star in this league, and you can't put up the numbers that he did without being a star. But I also have to tell you, Mike Davis looks like a great backup <laughs> moving forward when McCaffrey comes back. They're really all set
3: yeah all summer long you heard from Matt Rule saying well we think Mike Davis is going to have an outstanding impact on the offense and everybody kind of downplayed it because Christian McCaffrey would be on the they thought he'd be on the field 93 94% of the time but obviously with the high ankle sprain injury this is giving Mike Davis an opportunity to come in and get some carries and also be a huge contributor in the passing game so yeah um, everything is kind of lining up for what Matt Rule has been saying about Mike Davis how much he loved him how much he thought he could be a big contributor in, in his office and How he thought he was a starter in the NFL in the NFL, he could be for another team. But yeah, Chris McCaffrey is who he is. He's one of the best running backs in the game, and anytime you can get him back on the field, it's going to be an added bonus to your team. But I would like to see them use Mike Davis more, even more, even when Christian McCaffrey comes back, so it can kind of lessen the load on McCaffrey moving forward, so you don't have so much uh, strain on him, and you can have a have him to stay healthy uh, throughout the course of the season.
1: Yeah, Antoine McCaffrey. Owners on watching the show are not happy with you saying that, right? <laughs> uh, but, but but you are right. Let's take a look real quick at the Cardinals, and I want to get your thoughts on them. I know that you watch every NFL game when you're not covering the Panthers, but uh, Murray was 24 of 31. Uh, I, to me, Antoine, he didn't look good at all. This is back-to-back weeks of him not looking good. Kenyon Drake, who you know, of course, uh, from Miami, uh, has really struggled. He had a great six-game run last year. He hasn't had the same success. I would dare say Edmonds, the other running back, looks better than him. Uh, All, you know, Drake also got hurt late in the game Uh, and then Hopkins had a quiet game, seven receptions for 41 yards. What did you see there with the Cardinals? It seemed like they were always in third and 15, like all, all game long
3: i seen a lot of mistakes and uh, yeah, clearly Hopkins wasn't himself there. He had sort of just a, a hot start of the season and, uh, and now he ended up just suffering that injury and it kind of set him back a little bit and with Murray just turning the ball over, just making mistakes there. He did have some big runs there late and the Cardinals ended up getting some points on the board, but it was all for naught because the Panthers, they had controlled that their game pretty much from start to finish. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see can they turn things around too. the second straight week. They took a loss where I think a lot of people didn't think they were going to do
1: yeah no they were favored in that game and 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 certainly by the outcome not only should they have not have been favored they should have been underdogs in that game for sure hey Antoine always great catching up with you as long as the Panthers are running good we keep having you on talk a little fantasy thanks for
3: coming on I look forward to it thank you
1: all right follow Antoine at Antoine Staley on Twitter time now to dive into the unbelievable Buffalo Bills as they roll on and we turn it over to Joe
2: And Josh Allen is continuing to make his push for MVP candidacy when the Bills got another big win on the road against Las Vegas. So we're going to take a look at this one, break it all down for you right here on Fantasy Sports Today. And Josh Allen just missed another 300-yard game, just 22 yards shy for him. But he did have two touchdowns in this one and a rushing touchdown as well. Devin Singletary had the backfield to himself, 18 carries for 55 and a touchdown. He also had five receptions for 21. So no Zach Moss, no problem. For Devin Singletary. Stefan Diggs continues to dig it. He loves Buffalo. Who would have thought six catches for 115 for him? John Brown, who was dealing with a calf, was able to play in this game, and his owners were happy that he did because four receptions for 42, that'll get you eight points in a PPR. And Cole Beasley, three receptions for 32 yards and a touchdown in this one. So Josh Allen spreading the love and spreading the victories around you could see everybody getting involved in this offense on the flip side here for vegas this was a tougher game darren waller had a key fumble in a big spot there Derek carr was able to go for 300 yards in this one with two touchdowns but they were able to keep josh jacobs out of the end zone that was kind of a difference maker there 15 carries for jacobs 48 uh also three receptions for 25 so jacobs has been great most of the year but this bill's defense is better than most Waller, who we're we talking about, did have a pretty good situation there with a bunch of receptions and 88 yards, but again, no touchdowns for him. Hunter Renfro, somebody we highlighted earlier last week in terms of what we could do with the slot receivers against the Buffalo Bills. Well, guess what? He got you double digits there in full-point PPR, five receptions for 57. And Nelson Aguilar, oh, Aguilar, four catches, for 44, and a touchdown for him. So another big win here on the road for the Buffalo Bills. And Josh Allen saying, hey – All this MVP conversation, what about me? Forget that Russell Wilson fella. I should be in this conversation. What do you think, Craig?
1: Yeah, I I think that Allen right now is definitely at the very least second in in the running for the MVP. He's put together a phenomenal year. They get Tennessee. They're probably undermanned this year for sure. But regardless of what the injury situation was with him last week, it didn't seem to affect him this week. He had another great week. He finds all his receivers. He rushes for touchdowns. And uh, and I would say that there's some value in that at, over at FanDuel because, again, even if Allen right now doesn't appear to be the MVP, all it takes is one thing to happen, and that could certainly change. So, uh, yeah, I think that idea certainly is there. And in terms of the Raiders, look, they just uh, – I think the Raiders are okay. The Bills are just a really good team, and, and I would mm-hmm. be uh, very bullish on them moving forward. they It just doesn't seem – they they win close games. They win games that – or blowouts they win in every fashion so there's not much else you can say they're just really good uh let's take a look at the rams and giants real quick we'll get through this because it wasn't really much of a fantasy or reality performance here uh, jared goff 25 of 32 200 yards and a touchdown malcolm brown and henderson split carries cooper cup had five receptions 69 yards he was the lone fantasy performer on the side of the rams and in terms of the giants Wow, uh, just it's been a really tough year for them for sure. They are not any better than they were last year. Jones, 190 yards, rushed for 45. Can't start him. Devonta Freeman got the start, didn't look great, and then Evan Engram six receptions for 35 yards. So uh, defenses are going to feast on the Giants. Joe it would appear moving forward. Mm. At least that's the way it looks uh, right now.
2: Yeah, and ugh, bummer, though, because I was expecting way more of an output from the Rams. This was a pretty quiet game for them. I, I understand they didn't have to do too much to win this game, but still, I was looking for a lot more from Woods, a lot more from the running backs, especially you, Daryl Henderson. I'm looking at you. I was very let down there on this one on both sides of this game, but uh, look, with the Giants. <laughs> Yesterday's leading rusher was Daniel Jones. Let that sink in for everybody who spent all that fab on Deion Lewis. And uh, Freeman and Gallman and everybody else—we told you not to do it. I don't know why you did. Please listen to us for the rest of the year. That's all I can say, Craig.
1: Yeah, and look, the Giants—they're they're certainly up against it, but they should look better than what they've looked. And and I and I get it—they did—they've covered a couple games this year, so they're not killing you against the spread. But it, it hasn't been fun for them, and and I just—it's it, just disappointing to see that they could be this poor. Uh, this early in the season because it just doesn't give a lot of hope to fans in New York, that's for sure. All right, coming up next, we'll touch on the Forty Eagles, and then we'll hit on fantasy or reality, So make sure you stay tuned. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitch and Joe Pisa Pia. Don't go off. Well.
0: SportsGrid.com Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com
1: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today. In case you missed it, last night there was a very interesting game that went down between the 49ers and Eagles, and it just goes to show you that no matter what the spread is in the NFL, it doesn't always matter because the Eagles, for at least one night, looked like the better team against the San Francisco 49ers. We'll get to fantasy reality here just in a minute, but let's close out our game capsules with a look at this game last night, and certainly the uh, the 49ers – and we'll start with them first, really, because they had the best performance from a tight end, I don't know, like ever? I mean, 15 receptions, 183 yards and a touchdown? I don't ever recall seeing this kind of performance. But uh, I, I guess if we went back in history, we would find a Gates or, or a Tony Gonzalez or, or someone probably did this. But Nick Mullins was benched in this one, 18 for 26, 200, one touchdown, two interceptions. Jarek McKinnon, 14 for 54 and a touchdown, seven receptions, 43 yards. Uh, nothing really out of the wide receivers, Ayuk and Samuel. It's very clear at this point that the 49ers were able to sort of get it done without having some of their key players and Mostert and Garoppolo and and Boza. But now it's just it's it's kind of catching up to them. And look, the Eagles came to play. Let's take a look at the Eagles' standouts from Sunday night and Carson Wentz 18 for 28 not great 193 one touchdown one pick seven carries 37 yards and a touchdown still can't start him in fantasy but at least he got the win uh, Miles Sanders 1346 two receptions 30 yards uh, honestly never heard of Fulgham two receptions 57 yards and a touchdown there Greg Ward continues to produce a little bit in the absence of, of their wide receivers but Uh, Look, I, I think I think San Francisco will be fine now. This will force them to get their players back on the field. I think that you'll see Mostert back. I think you'll see Garoppolo back and then whoever else is injured that can come back will. But the Eagles season was on the line there, Joe, and they had to have that win and they got it.
2: Well, I think if you had told the 49ers that you would go on the road for two games and then play another game at home and you wouldn't have your starting quarterback and you'd lose most certain Bosa and all the guys that they lost and you went two and one, they'd probably sign up for that. It's probably not the two and one that they necessarily might have thought they would have, but hey, you lost another game at home. Not the best scenario here. I think the 49ers are in for a long season here, even if they get those guys back, because I just think that Seattle right now to me Looks like the team that is just more dynamic out there and a team that I think is uh, very formidable. Uh, Arizona seems to be falling back to the pack very quickly, but this is a great win for the Eagles. The Eagles were playing with desperation here, and they should have been because this was a desperate moment for them. And I can't help but imagine if maybe, Craig, do you think they saw that Dallas game and went, you know what? This is an opportunity here. Let's go out. Let's get this victory here. Let's do this. We can finally make up a little bit of ground here and get back in this thing with a W. And look, Mullins got pulled in this game later on for CJ Beathard. That's how bad things were going for the 49ers in this game. And Wentz had the big rushing touchdown. Fulham had an incredible touchdown catch. The Eagles showed up, showed out, got the W. It was a huge win for them. Do you think it's a win they can build on? That is the question.
1: I, I think that they're a 500 team, and that's probably good enough to get them to the playoffs. <laughs> so I, I, I can't believe this is playing out the way it did last year. It's just, it's just
2: remarkable. It's to worse. It's worse. I think it's worse. Right now, worse. It don't you think yeah, it's worse? Right yeah. now, it is. it's worse.
1: Yeah, and I think San Francisco will be okay. You're just so down all the time on San Francisco. 2 years in a row. let, let, let the season play out. No, no, a little no. All no. no, did. 2 it. years in a row.
2: Who was down on San Francisco last year? I wasn't down Oh, on San you, last were, year. you were
1: you were, you called them a phony all last year. I think you called them a phony even going into the Super Bowl. You were like, I don't I don't believe it until they suit up and actually
2: are on the field. You were so <sighs> down on just Francisco all last year. Defense was very good. I was never a believer in the offense. The offense caught fire with Mostert towards the end of the season, and they played much better. They got through the playoffs, and then they got exposed by a better Chiefs team, and they lost. They got to and the Super what? Bowl. <laughs> they did. And, that, and <laughs> what you know who else got to the Super them? Bowl? There's only a couple two years teams ago, that get have... to
1: play in the Super Bowl. There's only one. You're right. How much better could right. they have
2: been? And how is it working out the last 10 years for teams that win the Super Bowl the next year, Craig? I'd love to hear that tale. Regale me. Why don't we wait until the end of the year and then we can decide? Okay. Why, why okay. are you
0: writing what them off?
2: I'm not, I'm writing them off based on the history of the last ten years of Super Bowl losers. And Super Bowl losers the next year don't usually come back and get back in that game. It does not happen in the last decade. Not they the tend Bowl, to have a terrible
1: seasons. Win nine games or ten
2: games, no problem. Why and not? Fifteen and one. Fifteen and one. Carolina Panthers went into the trash the next year the Atlanta Falcons after losing to the New England Patriots the next year Matt Ryan had an all-time career low with just 20 touchdowns I can go on and on how about the Rams last year after losing two years ago to the New England Patriots how did that all look last year with Todd Gurley and everything did that look like a Super Bowl hangover to you because it looked like it to me I'm not saying they're done forever I'm saying you lose a Super Bowl. The next year, things don't tend to go very well for you, and that is a recent data track record that you can prove out, so at injuries how many wins will they have? your best player on year? defense don't help. How many, how many times do you lose how, your best how, player how, on defense, and that works out too? How many wins at the end of the year? At the end of the year, I think they can win nine games. I think they're a nine-win team. That's fine. No problem with that. Got no and problem going with back that. that. That's That's enough the to the playoff. Maybe this That's year, enough- probably, with the extra playoff team, yeah.
1: Yeah, of course. So, I mean, it's, its I don't think they're done. Like, I think it's just one loss. They they, they didn't have those guys two weeks ago. They look great. They were featuring Nick Mullins over Carson Wentz on television. So,
2: Garoppolo okay, will be back. Let's, most let's of see how back. they look one when time. they play the Rams. Let's see how they look when they play the Rams and the Seahawks. Then we can have this discussion again. But for right oh. now, I don't know. I would even think the Rams are as good as they are, if not potentially better. They're oh. better offensively oh. than they are, in my opinion.
1: Definitely see. But, but uh, you did this all last year, and they, they stuck it to you right up yeah. until the Super Bowl.
2: And now I'm getting my revenge.
1: Yeah, apparently. All right, fantasy or reality, here we go. Let's start off with our first statement of the day. I always say question, but it's really a statement. Uh, Trevor Lawrence of the Clemson Tigers is going to go against Miami this week. Can't wait to see that game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence will be playing for a New York team in the NFL with the Jets and Giants winless. Is this fantasy or
2: reality? <laughs> man if i told you this before the season started you'd say oh that's crazy they're gonna win some games all this stuff but we're getting closer and closer to this being a reality and i think it's gonna be i really do i've been saying all year that the jets roster is not very good i think the jets are going to be the one eventually to win out by losing, if that makes sense to everybody out there watching the show. But, yeah, I think this is a real chance, and the Giants are right there. The Giants are absolutely right there with them. I thought the Giants would be improved, but once Saquon Barkley went down, so goes their season. So this could be a dogfight. This could be two new coaches. Who knows what's going on? It could be a complete cleaning house of everything. New quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, doesn't matter. if Trevor Lawrence, or you get a chance for one of these young guys to can't miss – it's a good chance you're going to take a shot on them. So what do you think, Craig? You think Trevor Lawrence is going to be playing in the Big Apple next year?
1: It certainly looks that way. I mean, two of the best, two of the three worst teams in the league at this moment that could change, but two of the three worst teams at this moment look like they're in New York. I would say I would not rule out Washington. I would not rule out Jacksonville, that those teams could go south very quickly. And, again, Jacksonville unloaded so many players before the season. Who knows when they get to the deadline? Maybe they'll trade more. But you would have to think right now it's an absolute reality that, that there's a there's an excellent chance that this happens. You got better than a 50% chance, I think, of, of this happening. And so uh, Jets, will. both teams will have to make a big decision, too. And we'll see. Yeah. But, look, Rosen was drafted in the first round by Arizona, and they punted him and so did Miami, mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's not, not unprecedented to, to see this sort of stuff happen. All right, uh, let's go to our second statement here of the day on fantasy reality. We'll move over to the Dallas Cowboys, and they were better off with Jason Garrett as their head coach. Wow, who would have thought that after a month? Fantasy reality on that one.
2: I oh, don't know, man. They weren't good last year on defense either, and I know Van Der Esch is a really big piece that they're missing, but I can't just hang it all on one guy at this point. It's just a collective failure right now, But this is pretty much the same Cowboys we saw last year. I'd say they're worse defensively than they were last year, but they were pretty bad. So have they gone from bad to awful? I don't know. I thought Mike McCarthy was going to be the disciplinarian, tough guy, old school football coach who was going to bring a little bit of an edge and this team would start to finally, you know, stomp on teams a little bit and have a little bit of toughness. That hasn't been the case. I'm going to say fantasy. They're not better off with Garrett, but I don't think they're better off with McCarthy either. So they're just gone from bad to worse. I can't.
1: I can't believe how poor the defense has played. But the the one thing that I think that everybody just needs a reminder of is that you're gonna go into the season every year thinking the Cowboys have a chance at the Super Bowl. Their odds are gonna be. You're gonna look at that. It's gonna make you think that. But it is it, just not the case. And and I think in this case, were they better off with Jason Garrett as as head coach? I mean, man. You. I mean, they didn't play this bad. I, I mean, I think they may have to say reality here. You brought up something earlier. That I really hadn't considered, but is it possible if Dallas does go 4-12 that they would fire McCarthy after one year? Yeah, I mean, I think that they could. I didn't think think about that, but if that is the case, I think that they're going to have to do it. He would be a one-and-done head coach. We've seen a few of those over the last few years, but they have played basically as bad as any team can play defensively i know their offense is exciting for us in fantasy but nobody is happy in that building right now that they're getting mm. pasted on defense so i'm gonna say that they were better off with garrett as head coach because all i can show is the first month of the season this year versus last year and say that <laughs> they look worse so i'll have to mm. say reality they're surprising that i would say that okay and and let's move uh over finally bob gibson It's been a tough year for for everyone, of course, but for baseball in particular, how about for the Cardinals? They lose Lou Brock and Bob Gibson within the course of a month, and certainly Tom Seaver passed away. It's been a rough, rough year for all of us, for sure. Uh, Bob Gibson, rest in peace, passed away after a battle with pancreatic cancer. Fantasy or reality, he was the most intimidating pitcher ever.
2: I'm going to say reality. When I think about intimidating pitchers, he's the first one that comes to mind. And there's been plenty of really good ones. I mean, Pedro Martinez was a little intimidating, no doubt about that. Randy Johnson from the size stature, absolutely intimidating. But in terms of just demeanor on the mound every highlight you see from the 60s where this guy was pitching I mean to me I would be terrified to step in there I mean he just had a presence he had a gravitas about him he threw the ball hard he knew exactly where he wanted to put it and if he wanted to put it in your ear he would and he had no bones about that I know Drysdale was in that conversation in the 60s too but to me when I think about intimidating mound presence the very first guy was Bob Gibson and it's a very sad loss for baseball for Cardinals fans but What we have is go back and look at some of those dominating seasons that he had in the 60s. My goodness, it doesn't get much better than Bob Gibson, Craig.
1: Yeah, Mike Claiborne, who uh, works and and covers the St. Louis Cardinals on radio, uh, I I knew Bob Gibson, but I would not say Bob Gibson knew me. I've talked to him many times being in Jupiter for sure. Uh, But he shared an interesting story. He does a podcast the other day about how he was very close with Gibson. He used to work with him on radio broadcasts. And he said that the two of them, many years ago, I don't know when it was, were at dinner. And they were sitting at a restaurant wherever it was. And Claiborne knew better than to lean over when eating over the plate because Gibson would shoot him a look. And that's what he did on the mound, too. <laughs> so you basically could not cover the plate, whether you were at dinner or you were at the plate in baseball, that's a good too. Story. Uh, look. He probably was the most intimidating pitcher ever. This is one of those that I can only go off stories because, unfortunately, I didn't have a <laughs> uh, chance to watch. If you would have asked me for our era, I would have said Randy Johnson for sure. Uh, but I'll say reality and certainly uh, Gibson was was somebody that was always showing up to spring training every single year for about 20 years, was always there, always at the Cardinals mm-hmm. fantasy camps too. So, uh, And one of those people too that when you would approach him he would definitely talk to you, and definitely was very nice. But it was very tough to get up the courage yeah. to just say, "Hey, how are you?" It was. Uh, he was one of the. I those can guys imagine. That
2: yeah, I can I imagine. A big man, physical presence, threw hard, but uh, yeah, I can tell you. You know, if you had a, a list of guys to take it at bat against, he would be on the bottom for me. I would not want to be stepping yeah. into the box of Pop Gibson. There's no way about it. I would be-
1: Yep, for sure. All right, uh, here's what we're going to do. we got the Sports Grid 60 coming up next. We'll be back on tomorrow's show on the Tuesday edition. Lots of baseball to cover tomorrow, of course. We have the American League Division Series coming up in about two hours from now. We'll also preview the National League games as well. We'll recap the two games tonight and Monday Night Football, and, uh, and we'll take a quick break. But the Sports Grid 60 is next, so make sure you stay tuned. You can follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid. Follow me on Twitter at Follow Joe on Twitter at Stay on the grid. Be right back.
0: SportsGrid.com Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com
1: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't forget, Joe and I will be right back here with you tomorrow at noon Eastern, recapping the two Monday night football games and also taking a look at the week ahead. Of course, a good Thursday night football game coming up as well. But before we get to Tuesday, we got to wrap up today. So let's turn it over to Joe as he's got the Sports Grid 60.
2: Almost exactly four years ago, Teddy Bridgewater had one of the most horrific leg injuries you will ever see. It was questioned not only whether or not he would play again, but how well he would walk in life. Well, he's made it all the way back last year. He got some time in New Orleans Saints as a backup and got thrust into an important role and helped make that team into a playoff contender. And then this year, yesterday, he had an incredible rushing touchdown. Man, did he scamper around like he was 25 again. And you know what? It was great to see. Now the Carolina Panthers won two games they are now 500 they've become relevant now i don't know how long they're going to be relevant but it's nice to see teddy bridgewater relevant again in the nfl because that injury was one of the worst we've all ever heard of or seen and it's great to see that anyone can come back from something like that and be relevant once again
1: yeah teddy bridgewater one of my favorites from south florida and and certainly uh Let's give a lot of credit to their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who has been phenomenal for sure this year. All right. Well, two months ago, we sat here on this show on Fantasy Sports Today, and it wasn't just my co-host. It was, it was a lot of other people out there. Many, many people were just crushing Major League Baseball. Why? Oh, they can't handle the COVID, and they don't know what they're doing, and the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and what a clown show this is, and all these games are getting canceled, and the NFL is going to get it right. Well, think again. You know why? Because no one has a clue with this COVID world what's going on. It's impossible to predict the possible outcomes of all of this. And all it requires is putting your guard down for a period of time. If you, you sitting out there watching this TV show, go to Chipotle or go to somewhere to eat, it's totally within the realm of possibility to be able to do. But when you're trying to play in a professional sports league, you have to bubble up, you have to buckle up, and you have to wear a mask. And if you don't do it, you're going to have a COVID outbreak. And here we are, four weeks into the season. Tennessee Titans already have 10 guys out, eight guys out. The quarterback of the New England Patriots is not even going to play tonight. It's going to be Hoyer. That's just a lesson to be learned. You can't stop the COVID. You can just hope to contain it. That'll do it for the show. For Joe Pizapia, I'm Craig Mish. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.